0: Cameron DeVazier, and I'm Mark Howard, and this is Talking Points. We're on our fourth lesson of this new quarter, The Message of Hebrews, and this one is titled, Jesus, Our Faithful Brother. Mm. It comes primarily, if I'm not mistaken, from Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, that's correct. All right, and Mark, what are we looking at
1: this week? Oh boy, well our lesson this week is on the humanity of Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, as a pastor, you know that this is one of the few real hot-button topics in our church. (laughs) And I certainly don't want to, I have to say, for our teachers this week... An
0: important, like... Warning, preface this, here.
1: Yeah, this is going to be one of those that could easily get off the rails in mm. your Sabbath school class. And you might have to be a little firmer than other times to just keep things on track and not let uh, fights break out in class. Um,
0: and maybe fight the inclination not to be the teacher who leads it off the rails either. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah.
1: So uh, it's a it's a, it's an extremely important lesson. And, um, well, I have more to say when we get into We've got to have a word of prayer, and we'll right. talk about...
0: Uh, where we're going this week. Well, let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the depth it provides and the understanding we can gain of you and the plan of salvation. Please now send your Holy Spirit to bless us as we make preparations for Sabbath school classes that all may be done to your glory. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Okay, our lesson is called Jesus, Our Faithful Brother, and it's taken from the language of Hebrews chapter 2, where it says he's not ashamed to call us his brethren, Mm -hmm. uh, what have you, and again, talking about the humanity of Christ. um, I want to emphasize that this week's lesson focuses on the human nature of Christ as it relates to his priesthood. And and this one, like last week, we talked about the divinity divinity of Christ, Christ, and at the end of the lesson, I, I made the point that we can tend to compartmentalize, and we need to keep in in mind what the focus of Hebrews is. We're looking at such a high priest, the, mm-hmm. the priestly ministry of Jesus and how these things
0: relate. So both chapters 1 and 2, divinity and humanity, are leading to this understanding of Christ in this priestly role.
1: That's right. Okay. And so before we dive into this, there's a couple statements I want to read here. In fact, why don't you read that first one from First Selective Messages, page 244.
0: The humanity of the Son of God is everything to us. It is the golden chain that binds our souls to Christ and through Christ to God. This is to be our study. Christ was a real man. He gave proof of his humility in becoming a man, yet he was God in the flesh. Now, an important part of
1: that is because the human nature of Christ is controversial, I know a lot of people who just say, let's not even discuss it, let's not study it, let's not and that's not what we're told to do right here. Mm. Ellen White says this the humanity of the Son of God is everything, and then she goes on to say this is to be our study.
0: So we're so somehow not to so delight and seek out the controversy, but nor are we just close our eyes and look the other way. That's pretend, exactly right. There's gotta be a healthy
1: So we wanna I, I, I wanna avoid getting into the weeds on this topic this week, but okay. I do want, by God's grace, to draw out some important elements. And and whether you see Totally eye-to-eye to eye or not, let's try to draw from Hebrews 2, like, what is the Apostle really getting at, and what parts of it are significant to the role of Christ's priesthood? Now, the next uh, text, or statement, rather, is from Third, select- third Selective Messages, page 126. Ellen White says, the incarnation of Christ has ever been and ever, and will ever remain a mystery.
0: So somehow we should study it, but at the end of the study, not be surprised when we don't fully grasp it Not be it like, all. okay, I got it. Like, nailed it. That Finger was good. Yeah, this is a rich study that's going to go, I imagine, at into eternity. At the same eternity. time,
1: that's not to come away and be like, duh, I don't think I learned anything at all about it. There's nothing to know about No, mm-hmm. there are things that we can draw from it, but we will ever be drawn. Well, and so... to be clear,
0: everything about God is a mystery. We can study the Bible and then keep studying and studying more.
1: That's right. So, our t- Talking points this week. Number one, Jesus took our fallen human nature. Uh, Have we prayed? I guess we have. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I want to pray again. (laughs) Anytime you ask the question, have we prayed, it's important to pray again. If I haven't (laughs) let's do that. Father in heaven, again, we just want to ask that your Holy Spirit would guide our time and give us uh, clarity through your spirit on this topic and how it relates to us in these last days uh, looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith for we ask it in his name amen
0: amen you know what i think happened right there is like you you said that word fallen out loud you're like man we need prayer we got to step <laughs> back because you know that's where the bombs are going to start dropping but
1: well okay so talking point number 1 yeah jesus took our fallen human nature mm-hmm. um, just hang with us, okay?
0: But that apparently comes from Sabbath, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. This is a big. Yes, yeah, that's is a, a huge bulk piece of, our, of lesson. our
1: lesson this week. Okay. And number two, Christ's humanity makes our sanctification possible. Amen. And that's in uh, very clear in Paul's language as we go through this in chapter two. And then number three, Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Those are our three talking points this week. Okay. And so let's. We'll start with. Uh, uh, the, the number one, and I have to say, even as a preface, Jesus took our fallen human nature. I've been in enough discussions on this that 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 word "fallen" can mean any number of things, mm-hmm. and I'm not out to try to define every last bit of it. But what I do want to do is draw a distinction between fallen and unfallen, okay. because there there are those who view Christ as taking the nature of. Adam before the fall or some other kind of nature. Or even the
0: nature of created beings like angels but unfallen created beings. Right.
1: And you just can't walk away from that, uh, from scripture with that understanding and much less the spirit of prophecy which we're going to seize. For example, Hebrews 2. Now I think Cameron, I think we would do well because the bulk of this lesson is based on Hebrews chapter 2 verses 10 through the end of the chapter. If you just want to pick up there and read verses 10, maybe 10 to 14 and I'll read 15 to 18.
0: Okay. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings.
1: Let's just clarify even there. The him who, for whom are all things, and by whom is referring to God, God the, the Father. Father. Right. And the captain of their salvation is Jesus the Son.
0: Mm-hmm. And he
1: is the one that's being made perfect through sufferings, etc.
0: Right. Verse 11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified... Are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil." And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage.
1: For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted." Hmm. So this is our the bulk of our passage that we're looking at. Okay? okay. Notice several things there. In verse nine, it talks about we didn't read verse nine. It says we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. That mm-hmm. can only be talking uh, uh, referring to his humanity. Well, especially
0: as the next clause says, for the suffering of death. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so the purpose of being lowers is to come for this earthly mission to become one of like us.
1: And and, and though it's not explicit, it's implicit that that would be fallen nature, because unfallen nature really isn't subject to death, mm. right? Adam wasn't in a position where he had to worry about Not death until he <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um And then he himself likewise shared in the same flesh and blood there That's in verse, verse 14. 14. You've got to look at the language of the apostle here. You, you, he could have easily said he took part in the same net, uh, flesh and blood. Mm. But you think of his wording, he himself Likewise,
0: like there's, an, <laughs> <in> the <same. laughs> there's an
1: emphasis yeah. in he, what he's saying. There's an emphatic sense in, in which he's speaking. And again, it to me, it lends to, and we're going to see this in a minute in the spirit of prophecy, to Christ taking fallen humanity.
0: Well, and again, to make that point even clearer, in verse 10, you know, it says bringing many sons to glory. Then again, in verse 13, and the children whom you have given me. Then it says, "Verse four: Inasmuch then, in light of that, if that's his goal, as the children have partaken of flesh, he himself, so it talks about the whole purpose is to bring us into this, and therefore, by necessity, he had to become." That's right.
1: So let's back up here. We're looking at the priestly ministry of Christ. Who is it for?
0: It's for us. (laughs)
1: Who's us? The it's sinners, for fallen the fallen humanity, and so when you read through, you'll see in this passage, his whole point again and again and again is, in as much verse fourteen, as the children are partaking of he needed to share in the same that he might be. You know, uh, verse sixteen, he indeed does not give aid to angels, but he
0: does give aid to the seed of it. What's his point? And it seemed if if it were another way, it would almost seem like. Man, that's a pretty cruel thing. Why not help out the angels? <laughs> well, because they don't need the help. It's that's a different, right. they're in a different context, different situation, right? It, but his whole point there, he doesn't give seed,
1: uh, aid to angels, but he gives aid to the seed of Abraham. He's trying to explain, like, the reason Jesus took the nature he did was to help the people he came to help. His target audience, audience is that's unique. That's right. right. So that's why verse 17 begins with the word, therefore, mm-hmm. for this reason, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and, and, and that's agree. maybe so, you're going to
0: get to it, but it doesn't say he just chose to be, or he condescended to be, or he right. allowed to be. Preferred to be. Yeah, yeah, he made the choice. No, he had to be. That's right. Given the the priestly role he's going to fulfill, it is incumbent upon us. It's essential.
1: Well, what's especially interesting, and this will lead into our next point, is uh, in verse, again, verse 17, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Now we could read that and say, "Oh, that's sacrifice." He had to be, he wanted to be merciful, and he wanted to be a merciful and faithful sacrifice. Mm. And this refers to a sacrifice on the cross and the justification of believers. But then Which you read it Obviously the next, includes, of course. Obviously, but 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 the context. That's not what Paul's saying. In the context, in the next verse, it starts with the word "for." Mm-hmm. We would say because. Yep. In other words, he had to be made like his brethren because in that he himself has suffered being tempted. He is able to aid those who are tempted. And I want you to notice that it's not focusing on justification here. Mm. This is talking about after a person is justified and they're tempted and they don't know how to deal with that temptation. This is talking about the process of sanctification, specifically in the context that the reason it was essential for Jesus to take humanity... And there are other reasons that could be given, but I'm talking about Paul's reason right here mm-hmm. is that he came to aid, not angels, but the children of Abraham, especially when they're tempted to know how to deal with those temptations and overcome.
0: Well, and that's what makes Hebrews 4, 5, 4, 4, 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points yet was without sin. And what's the upshot of that? Let us therefore come boldly to their of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's right. The okay. same idea is being that we come to Jesus not just for... Forgiveness, but beyond that, I want to help to get out of this thing. That's right. And so uh, why don't you
1: read this statement uh, from Desire, or from... Uh, Conflict? The Yes,
0: the, the Confrontation. Confrontation, sorry. I'm sorry, yes. <laughs>
1: Page thirty-two. right so For the people
0: who aren't clear, confrontation is a compilation of writings. That Mrs. Signs White of did, the Times
1: articles. Right. That
0: had to do with the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. Fascinating. It's a great little book. Read but, it. It's
1: about the size of steps to Christ, and just fascinating.
0: Well, she writes this in page uh, thirty-two. Christ in the wilderness of temptation stood in Adam's place to bear the test he failed to endure. Here, Christ overcame in the sinner's behalf. Four thousand years after Adam turned his back upon the light of his own. Separated from the presence of God, the human family had been departing, each successive generation, farther from the original purity, wisdom, and knowledge which Adam possessed in Eden. Christ bore the sins and the infirmities of the race as they existed when he came to the earth to help man. In behalf of the race, with the weaknesses of fallen man upon him, he was to stand in the temptations of Satan upon all points on which man could be assailed."
1: All right. Ooh. So the simple takeaway there is regardless how one might define fallen humanity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's clear that he did not take pre-fall humanity. Mm-hmm. Ellen White very clearly states, and I believe Paul's whole point, having to be made like his brethren, etc., says that a pre-fall humanity would not have been sufficient for Jesus. He would not have been in the place to help those who came to aid.
0: Right. He had to be in this position. And so
1: Ellen White's very clear here that he did not. In fact, she makes the contrast very clear uh, that... Uh, Christ did not come where Adam was. 4,000 years after Adam turned his back, separated from the presence of God, the human family had been
0: departing... Each successive generation farther. and,
1: and, And I can't explain this totally. Departing from the purity... Wisdom and knowledge which Adam possessed in Edom, Christ bore the sins and infirmities of the race as they existed when he came to earth mm-hmm. to help man 4,000 now, this, years later. Again, let's so, be clear.
0: That doesn't mean that Christ participated in those issues. At all. But But that he understands what it's like to be in that context is vital to us, right? That's
1: right. When we get into chapter 4 in Hebrews, he was tempted in all points, yet without sin. There was Amen. no taint of sin. And there's something else that I think people fail to Realize when we talk about the human nature of Christ, because I've heard these debates, you've heard that, mm-hmm. well, Christ, I've had some people say, well, Christ had to be just like us. But there's a huge piece of that that makes it entirely po- impossible for him to be just like us, and that is, he's still God.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, there's that whole first <laughs> chapter of Hebrews we've got to remember, too, right?
1: So Jesus is, while all the time taking our fallen humanity, still is the divine son of God. And he came to combine, which we're going to see as we go further, to come to bring divinity to fallen humanity in order to elevate humanity. So mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's a there's a difference in the, s- the sense that obviously Christ has brought divinity to humanity, and
0: <laughs> it seems to me that we might be edging very close to that. Incarnation of Christ has ever been and will ever remain a mystery. There are yes. elements. It's like so we're going to take divine and human fully divine and fallen at the same and somehow weave them together in this mystery that is Christ. But the, but the point that we want to
1: make is, you know, we're reading the statement from Ellen White and Paul saying he had to be made like his brethren in all things. That's not to say he had to be made like his brethren in sin.
0: That's right. There there's well, no
1: taint of sin upon Christ. But
0: the, the relating to the, the sinful brethren in the sense that he needs to know what it's like to be where they are yet without participating right. in it so that he can, to go back to your point, all of this is leading up to Christ's Position and unique work as a mediating priest. Right. So, So when Jesus faced temptation in the wilderness, this was
1: not a trick done with mirrors. This was not an act that he put on. It's like, let me pretend to be. Oh, he He was really there. (laughs) Something. He felt drawn away to do something wrong.
0: Well, to to me, the quintessential example of this is Gethsemane, where he says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. It's like, if it were up to me, apart from that divine mission that I'm on in connection with you, I would fold under
1: this. But. And that's an awesome point mm-hmm. because, you know, at the same time, we've read statements where Ellen White talks about how when we come closer to Christ, our will is going to be submerged in his will and our thoughts and our desires are all going to be the same. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like his desires right. are with the Father. So if his desires are all the same as the Father's desires, how could he say, not thy, my will, but thy will? Mm-hmm. There's obviously an element in Christ that conflicted, and that was that fallen humanity, but mm-hmm. he never yielded to it. And Praise we're not the going Lord. to go... The point I'm is, guessing we're
0: going to revisit that in lessons to come as well.
1: But what our takeaway, again, is that Paul, what Paul's saying here is that it was essential for his role as priest to be able to aid those in specifically
0: the sanctification process... Um, Well, let's get into that, because your second talking point is Christ's humanity makes our sanctification possible. That's right. How does this relate to our sanctification? Well, so in verse
1: 10, it's interesting, it was fitting for him, now the Father, it was fitting for the Father to make the captain of their salvations perfect through sufferings. Now, why don't you read what the lesson says on Wednesday, the first paragraph. Sure.
0: It says, the apostle says that God made Jesus, quote, perfect through sufferings. This expression is surprising. The author has said that Jesus is, quote, the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. That's Hebrews 1, 3. And that he is sinless, spotless, undefiled, and holy. That's Hebrews 4 and 7 and 9 and 10. Jesus did not have to overcome any kind of moral, or ethical imperfection. He was perfect, both morally and ethically. Okay, so that's a great
1: point, And it begs the question, like, what is this? made perfect through suffering. Now, the lesson gives some different answers on it that, to me, they're interesting, but they don't fit Paul's context. Because Paul specifically tells us why or what it means when he says, you know, okay, so verse 10 again says, if it was fitting for the Father to make Christ, the captain of our salvation, perfect through suffering, for or because both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one for which reason he's not ashamed. So it's, so it's in the context of sanctification. It's in the context of sanctification. You have to ask yourself, like, what aspect of Christ needs to be perfected? Mm-hmm. First of all, there's no way it could be anything having to do with his divinity. Right. It would only have to do with his humanity. Well, how does that work? Somehow or the other, the humanity of Christ needed to be perfected. Mm-hmm. And we know that humanity, it, we just read that if he took the humanity of the race as it was when he came, 4,000 mm-hmm. years, whatever that degeneration was, somehow that had to be lifted up. Who was going to do it? Not us, not humanity. Right. No human being is going to do it. So Christ right. taking humanity, th- this whole thing was him taking this humanity. It was fitting for him, the Father, to do this because Jesus taking humanity was to elevate humanity.
0: Well, I think sometimes when we use the word perfection, we think like the opposite of that is their sinfulness. So he was sinner or he's perfect. Is it the the concept that you look at, for instance, the scripture talks about the childhood and development of Jesus. He grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Does that mean he was out of favor with God? No, but he grew in his understanding. He grew in his in, right. in practicing his faith. He grew. Not that he was a sinner and then was redeemed. Of course not. Jesus is not a sinner. Let's be clear. But he still developed that perfect character that stands in the place of ours through suffering. Absolutely. And and we'll see that even as we go on a little bit more. I want you to look up Romans 8. Okay.
1: Romans 8, verses 18 and 19, and I want to look at what it says in Hebrews 10, and we're going to compare these two. Again, right. in Hebrews 10, it says it was fitting for the Father, you know, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory mm-hmm. to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings for both he who sanctifies, etc. Now, this idea of bringing sons to glory, I think Romans eight eighteen and 19 really uh, fleshes this out.
0: Here Paul writes, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So now you pause there, and, you
1: know, here I've had some people take this and they say, oh, bringing many sons to glory, glory is another word for heaven. For heaven,
0: just, you know, making them but shiny. But when you go to Romans, right. it
1: says the glory that will shall be, be revealed, revealed in, us. in us. And we know that has reference to character. Absolutely, yeah. The glory which shall be revealed to us, in us, rather,
0: yeah, verse 19, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God.
1: So, no, notice the passage in Romans is based the revealing of the sons of God, the revealing is this, it's
0: this big reveal mm-hmm. of the glory of God, the character of God in his people. Right, but right? sometimes we think it's not, this is not singular capital S revealing the sun like in the eastern right. sky. It's talking about the glory in us when we're going to reveal this glory of God apparently in our person. So when you look back here and you see and remember when we talked about
1: Paul being the author of Hebrews and how mm-hmm. this is because he's the it's same very author helpful. and we look and this is the point. We, uh, the father in bringing many sons to glory. And then the next uh Verse talks about sanctification process. Like this is what he's talking about in this bringing This is how he brings them to glory. glory. Christ's humanity is what makes our sanctification possible. We couldn't come to glory. How we have the, the character of God in ourselves, if there was no character that had been perfectly developed mm-hmm. in, the person, in the person of Jesus Christ.
0: So he, he has a perfect humanity to offer to us, and by his power, we can, by his grace, become like him.
1: Somebody had to elevate humanity, and there was only one who could do it, and that was mm. Christ. Mm. And so this statement here from uh, uh, Third Selected Messages, Ellen White says, page 134, Though he had no taint of sin upon his character yet he condescended to connect our fallen human nature with his divinity. Mm. And now notice this next sentence. By thus taking humanity, he honored humanity. And what I think of is, you you, you think of a kid who's raised in a poor neighborhood and stuff, and you take Nazareth, right? And yeah. Jesus but you take somebody who's, some some place that has a place of ill repute. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, look at that guy. And you tend to look down at him, not the... I'm
0: right. recommending your... That's their human nature. But the yeah. reality
1: is, uh, it, it, it's like these hometown heroes. Maybe some just, instead of some irreputable place. What if just it's just small, lumber, insignificant,
0: right? Right. And out comes like the hero that he became a celebrity right. or some sort and of star. So you
1: drive through, maybe you've driven through one of those towns and there's that sign up that says, you know, Home so and so football of- player, <laughs> yeah. great clip. Play- oh, wow, they came from here.
0: Yeah.
1: Jesus took humanity. And you can imagine, the whole universe is like, oh, that's that one race that sinned. Like they messed this whole thing up for all of us. Not that they think that way, but I mean, you, right? But then Jesus becomes of all the races, all the he could be. He takes humanity.
0: It's like look what I can do with this. And yeah. it,
1: as soon as he took humanity, he elevated he killed, humanity yeah. because he combined his divinity with humanity. It's just,
0: Which it makes me think of Second Corinthians five twenty one, where it says, "For he that is God the Father made him who knew no sin, that is Christ, that's right, to be sin for us." that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Mm. So he stepped down, not to stay down, but to bring us up and to, by his grace, reconcile all things to himself.
1: Well, that leads well into our third point. Jesus is the captain of our salvation. The lesson on Thursday goes to Hebrews 12, where it talks about Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. And it's interesting, that word author, uh, in chapter 12, verse 2, comes from the same Greek word that's translated captain in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. They make the captain of their salvation. Mm. And it's an interesting word. It's the Greek word archagos, And, uh, and of course, the lesson... um, Why don't you read what the lesson says on that? It
0: says the... um,
1: Thursday. Second paragraph.
0: Yeah. In this passage, Jesus is the culmination of a long list of characters whom the apostle provides as exemplars of faith. This passage calls Jesus, quote, the founder and perfecter of our faith. The Greek word archagos founder can also be translated pioneer. Jesus is the pioneer of the race in the sense that he runs ahead of the believers. In fact, Hebrews 6:20 calls Jesus our forerunner. So take it that, goes on, yeah.
1: So take that thought and then I'm going to add to that what it says here in um, the SDA Bible commentary on um, Hebrews 2:10. It says in classical Greek archagos is used for the head or progenitor of a Greek clan. Mm -hmm. Right, who fathers the others, right? And that's going to come into play in a moment. In the present text, in Hebrews, some suggest the meaning pioneer, which our lesson just did, a not unsuitable meaning, for it was Christ's incarnation and death that made it possible for the members of the human race to be brought to glory. Mm -hmm. He pioneered the way, but the expression is inadequate in that Christ is more than a pioneer. He is the Savior. Those who follow him are the redeemed. Uh, The idea is just like he did it. You can't just set out and say, hey, I'm just going to do just what he did without him. Mm. So he's more than just the pioneer who blazed the trail. Like he's got to enable us to blaze the trail. But what's fascinating is this idea of the progenitor of a race, because when we went earlier, we didn't do it this week, but it was a couple weeks ago in Hebrews 2, it talked about how God didn't put the world to come in subjection to angels But he put the world to come, the new earth, in subjection to man. But then Paul says, we don't yet see all things put under man.
0: But we see Christ. But we see
1: Jesus in the place of man. And what he's depicting is what elsewhere in the Bible it refers to Christ as the last Adam. Like there's Mm -hmm. the first and the last. In other words, Jesus taking humanity becomes the head of a new human race, if you will. Mm. right? Because when we're born again... Mm -hmm. And we receive the divine nature. Now we're children of God. Now we're sons
0: of God in a a new way. So as much
1: as he's our brother, in the same way this word archegos actually kind of points to him as the father of a new race, Mm. that his seed is now in his descendants. And you had
0: mentioned Isaiah on It just brings to mind Isaiah 53 because in verse 8 it says... Uh, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living. And Christ never got married or had, you know, physical right. children, biological offspring, right? Who are his right? descendants. Yeah, but then it says in verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. Awesome. He shall prolong. It goes on. So somehow Mm -hmm. he didn't have earthly children in the biological sense, genetically, but spiritually to bring many sons to glory, to have a whole Mm -hmm. race of people who by his leadership, by his captainhood, authorship, he can now bring a family to heaven.
1: That's right. So Jesus took our fallen humanity, perfected that humanity, Mm. and then offers that humanity to us. In this role of high priest, he becomes the head of a new race, if you will. The Archegos, the captain of our salvation, is
0: going to lead us all the way back. How oh. inspiring. How faith-affirming, mm. you know? Anyway.
1: Why don't you read what that, that the uh, in fact, this the conclusion is that statement, part of it was earlier up here. From so Third Selected Messages. Yeah, so why don't you start with that again. Okay, and, we'll put
0: them together. Well, 134 yeah. of 3SM reads, Though he had no taint of sin upon his character, yet he condescended to connect our fallen human nature with his divinity. By thus taking humanity, he honored humanity. Having taken our fallen nature, he showed what it might become by accepting the ample provision he has made for it and by becoming partaker of the divine nature.
1: Amen. So we become part of that new race. Of humanity through Christ.
0: Oh, there's so much depth for study this week. And this
1: is just laying foundation for his
0: priestly ministry. And it only gets better from here. Amen. Let's pray as we close. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these words of scripture. Thank you for what they reveal about God, the Father, and the Son, Jesus Christ, and our elder brother, the captain of our salvation, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, help us to see Jesus more clearly as we continue to study your word and by your grace become like him. For we pray it in Jesus' name.